Hey, it's Marthea Pitts, the MSW coach, and thank you for coming back for another episode of Macro Social Work Your Way. Be sure to connect with me on social media. I'm on Instagram at the underscore MSW coach, Facebook at the MSW coach, and on LinkedIn as Marthea Pitts, the MSW coach. This is going to be a great episode. Hey, it's Marthea, the MSW coach. Real quick before the podcast episode comes on, um, I wanted to share here on my podcast a Instagram live that I just did tonight uh, around the topic, <laughs> which is where I provide three reasons why saying sorry all of the time, how it like silence sabotages your career progression and advancement. Um, But what I wanted to jump in real quick and say, uh, if you are interested in signing up for the workshop that I'm talking about or coming inside of the accelerator, uh, all of that information is linked down in the episode show notes at macroandpaid.com. And do me a favor, tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to have the accelerator doors open long. Um, I first extended the invitation to people on the wait list, but I'm now just making little small announcements here and there, not necessarily shouting it from the mountaintops. But if you know someone and know someone, tell them that the doors are open, that I also have a $97 workshop going on. It's the same strategies that I teach inside of my full group career coaching program. I won't ever offer this workshop again. So this is your one-time opportunity to come and learn um, the strategies that I teach inside of my full program. All right. So all, everything that you need is down in the link below at macroandpaid.com. Here's the episode. Bye. Hey, 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 it's Marthea Pitts, the MSW coach, and I am coming on tonight to talk about a topic. I said I want to do some professional development, Um, and this is stemming from some conversations that I've been having inside of my full group career coaching program called the Micro to Macro Career Accelerator. We're going to be talking about why it's so important to stop saying sorry at work. Hey, 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 as you come in, drop in the chat and tell me where you are located. Um, Tell me either the state, if you're comfortable, the city, or even the country, because we have social workers who log in all of the time from other countries. We have someone from the UK, someone from um, New Zealand, I believe it was. But drop in the chat and tell me where you're logging in from tonight so I can shout you out. And I want to talk about why it's so important to stop saying sorry at work, specifically to your supervisors and your colleagues, right? Um, and this is a conversation that I start that I have with my paid career coaching clients inside of the micro to macro career accelerator. And I was like, I want to come on and do some PD tonight, some professional development and talk about how you constantly apologizing for things that are a part of being a human can diminish your your credibility as a professional. It can diminish your like career chances. Okay, so let's see, Nakia from New Orleans. Hey, Nakia, how you doing? Uh, welcome, welcome. Uh, while people continue to come in the room, drop in the chat where you're located, your city, state. I'm going to introduce myself because I know new people find me every day. 
My name is Marthea Pitts. I'm known on the social work streets as the MSW coach, and I help social workers um, make the transition to macro social work roles. So if you don't know what macro is, because I know not every social worker was introduced to what macro work is in their social work programs, I'll tell you. Um, so basically what it looks like in non-traditional spaces where social workers don't work, because that's typically where macro positions are. Um, it looks like social change, social impact work. Um, how I always explain it to social workers is the issues that you see on the front lines every day in your case management jobs. So um, like we know as case managers, I always stick with the, the example of transportation. We'll give our participants bus passes, right? But if that participant and their family is coming in year after year needing multiple bus passes outside of the allotted number, a macro social worker will begin to ask questions as to what's going on, right? So macro social workers, we look at the deeper root cause issues. So if I hear that in a region, they're giving out excessive bus passes more than the norm, that is an indicator to me that there's a mass transportation system issue somewhere, most likely in the city, right? Or either, for me, my area of expertise as a macro social worker is workforce development. So I'm concerned about all things jobs and job access and high quality, good paying jobs. So if I hear that the people in the city are struggling with transportation and there's no mass transportation, I am always the one in the room asking about jobs and how much are the wages in the city, um, right? So macro social workers work to address the root cause issues of what you see as case managers on the front lines. Um, another example that I always give as case managers, we typically say like, case management work is like putting a Band-Aid on the problem. No one's really addressing the real problem that's going on. And that is what macro social workers do, right? Um, we work on, we could work on a statewide level, we can work on the national level, or we can work on the international level. And so I have a full 10-month group career po coaching program called the Micro to Macro Career Accelerator, where I've helped over 126 social workers since I've been officially keeping counts, make the transition to macro roles where they have two times and more their social work salaries, and they're no longer doing case management direct practice where they're really working to address larger systemic issues um, and so they are not burnt out they have great they're working with organizations with great culture and benefits like people's lives improve when they come inside of the accelerator um, so I I'm on a mission to help more social workers make this switch over to macro or just to high quality jobs, right? Because I'm learning more and more that a lot of the people that follow, not a lot, some of the people who follow me are not necessarily interested in macro work. You all are just looking for a good, high quality, high paying job, right? Um, that is not in case management, let me be clear. Also, I didn't mention earlier, the 126 plus social workers that I've worked with, they landed those jobs without having, needing a license, um, there's no clinical component unless I've had one social worker who wanted to do macro work on a clinically related issue. Um, so licensure is not a thing. All they need is their MSW degree and their case management experience to land these jobs. Um, so if you want to learn more about my group career coaching program, you could click the link in the bio and learn more about micro to macro. You actually can enroll today and start today. Um, I just finished one of my larger cohorts, which is cohort nine. It just been wrapped up. 
took um, their time inside of the accelerator on Sunday. So I was like, I'll open up my wait list uh, to let people enroll. Normally it's like months between enrollment periods because the demand is just so great. But I was like, I'll open up my wait list uh, to let people enroll if they want to now that I have a little more room inside of the accelerator. So if you're interested in learning more, click the link in the bio. Um, I have two different payment plans. All the information you need to know is there. But I just want to say that Cohort 9 went out with some major career wins. Um, I had people inside of the accelerator who was getting multiple, multiple macro interviews after three months, after two months inside of the accelerator. Uh, and this is coming from getting zero macro jobs before coming into my program. Um, I a, Another major career win for a lot of the participants is always career clear right clarity about the fact that you can do more with your degree outside of clinical work direct practice work um, case management work also clarity out of the world about the high salaries and other settings industries and organization types so usually when new people find me they think I'm talking about social service jobs I don't help people get social service jobs I am NOT your person if you want the typical like social service job if you want to work where every social worker works no I am on a mission to help more change makers get into larger spaces to really align themselves with organizations who are doing the real work as opposed to your like local social service nonprofit organization that just puts a bayonet on a problem so people can come into the system over and over and over again, right? Um, so if you want to learn more, click the link in the bio, Micro to Macro Career Accelerator. That's my full group career coaching program. But I have my notes. Oh. Did I tell you all where I'm from? I don't think I did. I was doing my intro. So also, I'm a three-time award-winning workforce development career counselor and macro social worker. I help people get jobs. I've been helping people get jobs for the last 12 years, way before I got on the internet as the MSW coach. Um, I've worked in a workforce development center where I helped hundreds of career seekers get jobs. I've had five macro jobs um, using the strategies that I created, the career planning strategies that I created, which I now teach the other social workers um, how to do that and to land the jobs that they want. So I'm, I'm all about careers. I'm all about helping people get high wage, high paying, good quality jobs. That's what the federal government refers to. And my most recent macro job was in Washington, D.C. with one of the oldest think tanks in the country where I co-led a $2.5 million initiative around helping mayors around the country create equitable career pathway opportunities for historically under-resourced youth and young adults. Also, my population is youth and young youth, parenting um, youth and young adults who are parents. Right, so pregnant and parenting, youth and young adults, that's my population. Every job that I've ever had has revolved around that. If you want to check out my resume, go look me up on LinkedIn. But let's talk about why it's important to stop saying sorry at work, right? So I have my notes. If you've ever been on one of my lives, you know that I love to, I, I'll write out my notes. Um, uh, okay, thank you so much. <laughs> so uh, I had to come in and clap just off the title alone. Thank you so much. So let's talk about this, right? The first thing that I want to say, and this is my challenge to you starting tomorrow, or if you're at work tonight, starting tonight, immediately, ASAP, okay, is I want you to remove sorry 
from your vocabulary when you at work, when you are at work. Specifically when you are talking to your fellow coworkers, when you are talking to your supervisor. Um, and I'm gonna give you three reasons why this is important for you to remove it. Because I noticed that with some social workers, you all have the tendency to apologize for human-like little things that happen as a part of being a human. I always say, you're a human, not a robot. I started saying that back in my, in my case management days. And so what I mean by that is like, if you make typos, you're always apologizing like at a, like in an excessive amount apologizing for typos. Um, you maybe apologize at work when someone asks you for something at the very last minute that was not planned, right? They're walking in on your time, you're in the middle of something and they're asking you for a document and you maybe have to like shuffle through some papers because this wasn't pre-planned. You all didn't discuss me submitting this document and you're apologizing for maybe moving slower than you think you should, right? Um, it also can look like you just apologizing for uh, like stumbling over words when you are presenting to groups or maybe sharing out during team meetings or maybe even sharing out during your like case planning, supervision meet. I don't know what y'all call it in clinical land, but like supervision meetings with your supervisors. I want you to stop that. So if you haven't ever like been on a live, been on a workshop with me, when I'm in career coach mode, I'm in career coach mode, so hold on to your chair, but take out your pen and paper and your note taking advice. And I'm going to tell you how saying sorry all of the time really can damage your opportunities for um, career progression. So let's get into it. The first way is that when you apologize over and over and over again for minor things, it diminishes your authority as a professional, right? So one of the main things that I teach inside of my micro to macro career accelerator program is professional branding and the importance of that and the importance of when you are making the strategic move to macro work or even work outside of the traditional places where social workers work, your brand is what helps you land those jobs. So what I teach my paid career coaching clients is how to start developing your professional brand in your current case management job, right? So in order to do that, you have to start moving as if you are a subject matter expert, right? And so if you don't know what a subject matter expert is or SME is what they call it in other um, industries and organization types, it's a person who is like the go-to person for information regarding like a program. I'm going to stick to case management like examples, programs, um, policies, ways of doing work in an organization, right? So if you are always apologizing, you don't even, you are not creating any opportunity for yourself to begin branding yourself as an authority about the thing, right? So many, some of you on this live are really good at like clinical matters, right? Some of you are really good about, I'm trying to think to some examples of what people left in my case, in my comments lately. Some of you are really like great when it comes to IEP meetings and gathering all of the documents. And I'm pulling examples from my cohort participants, right? Some of you are really good when it comes to um, coordinating resources. I hate that example, but I don't have another one right now. 
the last thing you want to do when you are trying to establish your brand around the thing is be apologizing all the time. Because when you apologize all the time, people are going to question the information you give them. Right. So if you are like, oh, sorry, no, I don't have this. Oh, sorry, no, I didn't do this. Or, oh, uh, I want you to like omit it. Maybe you need to find a different filler word. Because what you don't realize is by you apologizing all the time, you are doing more harm than good to yourself. I know you feel like, oh, I should apologize for the mistake. But in the workplace, you want to establish a professional brand. You want to be seen as a go-to person for XYZ, right? And so by you establishing those professional brands, that's when like career opportunities come, opportunities for advancement, promotion. Also the confidence piece builds. Right, that's another huge win for people who come through my full group career coaching program is the confidence. I had someone just message me yesterday and was like, Marthea, I have to say, as a part of me in your program, my confidence, I had none before coming into your program. Now I go and get the jobs that I want, right? So to start building that confidence, you gotta start like moving the way that you want to move in your career. So that's number one. I see a comment. Let me read it. Something I started saying a while ago is when people double email me about something is thank you for following up on this matter. Or if I'm late with something, thank you for your patience. Yes. I love that. My go-to line is thank you for um, the follow-up email for pushing this to the top of my inbox. I love that. Instead of sorry, remove sorry from your vocab, okay? So that's reason number one. Number two is, um, and I kind of morphed this into one, but it's all about credibility. So the first one is you want to establish, well, I, I'm going to reverse it. The first one I said was credibility, right? The second one is now going to be, you are a professional too, right? So if you're always apologizing to your coworkers, to your supervisors, they're not going to see you as an equal they're going to see you as a subordinate and again about building that whole confidence pieces you want people to see you as an equal right and then also for yourself you want to be viewed as that like you want internally you want to feel as an equal you don't want to feel like and i always for those who are new to my platform I, i'm very clear about case management jobs being front being entry-level jobs that's just a true matter of the fact and in, in the world of workforce development those jobs are very entry level right so you don't want to always be viewed as an entry level worker as a frontline worker you want to be viewed as an expert especially if you want to go up for promotions a lot of you are trying to grow internally within the organizations again maybe you're trying to move outside of the organization but you want to use some of your internal contacts or you want to rely on your supervisor's recommendation again it's all about building the brand right so you have to remember that you are a professional as well there's no need to be apologizing um and so there's alternatives to different things like someone should drop theirs who is that may dropped hers right and i gave you my example there are other words that you can use besides sorry the third reason is again it lends to what i talked about in one and two when you apologize all the time and this is this is real hold on to your seat um employers supervisors 
senior leaders, senior executive team members, um, when you are like, when your credibility is in question and you are apologizing all the time, like bringing glaring attention, like a billboard to your mistakes, leadership will not consider you for promotions and advances, right? I shared a post a few weeks ago about the fact when I worked in Washington, D well, I worked remotely for a Washington, D.C.-based think tank. Um, what I learned being in the arena with key policy actors and political leaders was, because I used to advocate all the time, like, we really should bring people from the front line in on these conversations, right? And there was higher ed leaders in the room, presidents, all of the things. And one of the things, one of the oppositions that I always encountered when I made that suggestion was frontline workers don't have the capacity to engage in systems level conversation, right? So I know what that means. I don't know if y'all know what that means. They don't think you have the tools, skills, and abilities to even think on a higher level, right? And then also I went out and read some literature, like they're like literature about the same thing. Why? Frontline workers are not brought into those much larger conversations. So again, going back to the removing sorry from your vocabulary is building the confidence, building your professional brand as an expert, right? So you want to be viewed by your leadership as the go-to person for a thing. And in order to do that, you have to like show that you're credible, show that you you are equal, you are thinking, like you operate in a place of, if I don't know the answer, I'll go look. You operate from a place of certainty, right? And it takes practice. That's why I always tell people like, when I first jumped on this scene with the MSW coach, social workers love to just ask about job titles, right? And so once I started working with social workers and I'm giving job titles, I'm giving job leads, no one was applying to the jobs because for many of you, confidence is a huge issue. And I'm going to dare to say 90% of you, right? That's why when you see jobs with like these large sounding job titles and these huge salaries, you don't apply. Like you'll look at it, you'll get excited. You might even go peek at the job description, but you will then talk yourself out of the thing of applying. All right, so that's why I always say you need more than a job title, but I give y'all the job titles because that's what y'all like to look at. But the truth is, even when I give you the job titles and give you the information on how to apply for the job, people don't apply. Right? You don't apply because your confidence is not there. So you have to start working now while you are in your case management job on building your confidence. And the first way you can do it where you can have a quick win is eliminating the word sorry from your vocabulary. Okay? So I see that someone's requesting to join my live. Who is that? Dude, drop in the chat and tell me why you want to come on live. Maybe you hit it by mistake. I know that sometimes happens. Um, May said, oop, <laughs> Sherry, this is true, LOL, definitely intimidating. Yeah, um, on Sunday during my group, during my micro to macro career accelerator, um, well, I have two, two programs. One is a community for my past coaching clients that came through my full program, macro and paid community. 
and then a micro to macro career accelerator. But in the macro and paid community in our Sunday Q&A call, someone was sharing out about the fact like they get nervous talking in meetings with leadership. And I can completely relate to that. That was me in my case management days. I'll, if, if you're new here, I'm very transparent about the fact the version of me professionally that you see is from years of coaching. <laughs> I had a leadership coach. I, I've been meaning to bring my leadership coach on for months and we've come up with a date. I'm going to bring her on, but this is from years of professional development, right? So that's why I was like, I want to do professional development tonight. And give y'all one quick thing that I want you to start working on. But back in my case management days, I was the same way. I would get in staff meetings. I would have ideas. I would have suggestions. I would have like feedback about the decisions leadership was making in the um, in the social service organization that I worked in. And I wouldn't say anything. A lot of that, now I want to be clear, a lot of that was because of before becoming a social worker, I worked in state government for years in call centers. And I had been through the whole, let's bring the whole team in, get the ideas, work on this thing. You all create the thing and then it just dies on the floor somewhere, right? Nothing ever comes from it. So a lot of my quietness came from the fact like, I know they're not gonna do nothing with it, right? So why input, why join in on the conversation? They're gonna do what they wanna do anyway, right? And, but also at the same time, that was hurting me because what I learned from my colleagues is that my coworkers was waiting on me to give input. They were waiting for me to voice my opinions. They were waiting for me to share my expertise about the thing because they viewed me as an expert, right? So. Once I got out of that whole like, oh, I'm not going to say nothing. I'm feeling a little like intimidation, blah, 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 whatever that may have been. I then started working in strategically on my professional brand. All right. So I wanted to share those three things. If you just joined us on the live, um, I encourage you to watch the replay because I shared three reasons why you need to remove the word sorry from your vocabulary it diminishes your credibility and if you are one of those people that say sorry every five minutes stop please stop don't don't do it find another word if you feel like you are getting ready to verbally say it find something else um and because what happens is you kind of like you will stop yourself from one, building the confidence you need to move in your career, advancing your career out of those frontline case management jobs. But then also you will position yourself in the minds of leadership as not being adequately like prepared to do different roles. So saying sorry all of the time really does you more harm than good. A lot of the times you don't see it immediately. You don't see it until you like go up to apply for a job um, in a different department and the leaders have talked amongst themselves about you not having the capacity to do the work based on how you've been like showing up. And so if you find yourself being a little intimidated in staff meetings, work on that also. Because people are watching you. You want to use every day at work as an opportunity to start experimenting with your professional brand. Who do you want to show up in the world as? So when I post job leads, when I have my career accelerator, well, the doors are open now if you want to come in. 
um, when I'm teaching you the strategies, you'll execute instead of just sitting on a job for five months, sitting on a job lead and just looking at it like, oh, I wish I could do that. Or another thing that you social workers love to do is you go and look at certifications, you go look at licensure, you go look at volunteering and look at internships. And I'm like, you don't need any of that. You just need your MSW degree. Right. That, that's another thing that people do. I call it going off into the weeds. Like people go off into the weeds because they are low key intimidated about the like doing more, doing more. A lot of you suffer with like the fear of being seen, being heard, using your voice. So I want you to work on like stop saying sorry. OK. Are there any questions? Drop them in the chat. Are there any questions about what I talked about tonight? I love that y'all on the live talking about professional development. But starting tomorrow, I want you to stop. I want you to stop. Find a, find a different word. Um, another thing that I, I used to do back in the day um, is like when I felt myself getting a little nervous, I would have something in my hand, right? Or... One, once I got settled into my professional brand, I just talk with my hands. That makes me comfortable. So the key is finding your groove, finding the things that make you comfortable. Also, finding words and phrases to use instead of saying sorry. Like someone said earlier, what they respond back with emails. Um, if someone comes up to you and asks for something that you're not prepared to deliver on, without any notice find some other phrases and words right you i i love to say like oh i wasn't aware i wasn't aware that you needed that right now can i get that to you the end of the day first thing in the morning be honest be open and honest about the timeline that you need that's another thing right as social workers you feel like you have to be the all-knowing humans you have to deliver on the drop of a dime no respect in the workplace starts with how you establish it Right. So if you are, if someone's coming up to you for a document and they haven't gave you notice or they're asking you to present in a meeting at the very, very last minute and they haven't given you notice, verbalize what you need in order to be prepared and tell them to come back to you the next time. Right. You 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 can do that. <laughs> you can do that. But the minute you start doing those things and bending over backwards, that's when people lose respect for you because you don't have respect for yourself. All right, so I don't see any questions coming in. Um, what I was sharing earlier is that right now the micro to macro career accelerator, the doors are open. Um, I opened them for my wait list people because cohort nine just finished on Sunday. They graduated. They got a ton of macro interviews, clarity out of this world. They like job offers on the table, all of the things. Um, and so now I have some space. If you want to come inside of the accelerator, the link is in the bio. Click the link. Learn more about the program. Also, on September 24th, I'm offering a live workshop to teach you the same strategies that I teach inside of my full 10-month group career coaching program, how to find the micro, um, macro, micro, meso, and macro social work jobs you really want. And it is not using the word social work and social worker, right? That's how you end up in jobs that you hate. <laughs> I teach people how to find jobs and get jobs, how to find them, interview for them, apply for them, for jobs that align with their areas of interest 
and their passions as professionals. That's what we do over here differently, right? Um, we are not pulling from randomly from a job title list. It is a very strategic process. So if you want to learn how to find any of those types of jobs, um, I'm going to have a job searching workshop. We're going to be working on job searching, not resumes, not interviewing, not any of those things, but how to find the jobs that you want. Because what I learned over the last several weeks was that there were so several social workers who follow me who are not necessarily interested in macro jobs specifically, but they're looking for like jobs in higher ed, um, outside of teaching. They're looking for jobs in um, like the real estate industry. They're like, I teach people how to get jobs in non-traditional spaces. So that workshop is only $97 and I only made 20 spots available and almost half of those are already gone. And I won't offer that workshop again. Uh, so if you're interested, click the link in the bio. But other than that, I don't see any questions. So I'm going to log off. Y'all have a wonderful evening. Happy macro career planning. Bye.